So we we have to start the new Mishnah, just one line in the previous page, which is 65b3. So the Mishnah is going to also speak about uh, things that crippled people use, whether you can wear them on Shabbos, whether they are mekabel tuma. So it says like this: Akita, Akitea. Kitea is a person that has one leg that has been amputated. So then these people would use a wooden foot, but look in the footnotes, this wooden foot wasn't to give him support. The support he would use more from the hysecrotus under the arms. This was more like a uh, cosmetic. This is for people not to notice so much the fact that we, he was missing a leg. And because of that, there's a machloikes between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yossi. So this is the very Rabbi Meir, and actually the Gemora, just now we're going to see a back and forth, who says what, either Rabbi Meir or Rabbi Yossi. But one thing we see in the Mishnah, according to one opinion, these things are permitted to go like this. And let's move on to the next page, the Rabbi Yossi Yossi. According to Rabbi Yossi, it's forbidden. Why? Because since this is not a proper ornament, and also this is not to help the person to support himself to walk, r rather just for people not to notice so much. So according to Rabbi Yossi, this is to, to be considered like a, something he's carrying. And also according to Rashi, look in the footnotes, it doesn't even have the din, the lach of a shoe, because according to Rabbi Meir, even if it's made out of, wo of wool, of wood, wood, then it's okay. But according to Rabbi Yossi, no. Only leather can be regarded as a shoe, but not something made out of wood. So that's why according to Rabbi Yossi, this is considered a burden, and he's not allowed to go out with this on Shabbos. Now, regarding Tuma, continues the Mishnah, so kesisin is like a rug, like a little cushion. So if on top with this piece of wood unites with the with the foot, they have a, the leg of the person. It has a little bit of a base kibble, which is like a little bit of a shape of a vessel that you can put in there, some type of a rug or cushion, and then the 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 leg of the person is going to rest on that. Because it's called a shute kliatsim, it's made out of wood and is straight, it can only be susceptible for tuma if it has a base kibble, to be considered a vessel. Base kibble means that he can somehow also receive something. So if it has that to receive the cushion or the rag, then it's susceptible for tuma. But if it doesn't have wide enough area to put something inside, only to be attached to the leg, then it's not considered a vessel and it wouldn't be susceptible to become tame. Then a second alaha, also concerning somebody who is being crippled. Now this is regarding somebody that lost two of his legs, Laleinu. So they would wear something called smojos. Smojos is some leather support because this person needs to push himself by putting both of his legs, whatever he's left on the top of the legs, on this and pushing himself. And if you have seen, it's Rachmanos, but I've seen people like this in Mexico, a little bit in South Africa. So that is definitely something that these people that have missing both legs, they do need to be able to move themselves. So therefore, first of all, they are Tmei Medres, which is, we spoke about it, few days ago, Tuma's mattress is some type of Tuma that on something you lean. Either you sit or you lean or you lay down. Something that is made to receive the weight, the weight, the, how you say, the, the, the weight of the person. So because this person, in the previous case, since the person is not really putting his weight on the, when he's only missing one leg, and the other one is more, as I explained, for, for or ornament. 
So the, the real weight of the person is on the couches. So therefore, ain't no mechado to mass But this one, since for sure the person is putting all his, the weight of his body on it, therefore is susceptible to this Tumas Medres. And going back to Ilho Shabes, because he needs this to be able to move, therefore is definitely considered part of what he needs, and he goes with it on Shabes. And also it's made out of leather, it's definitely considered like a shoe. But nevertheless, we saw in Brachos at the very end that a person is not permitted to walk into the Beis Amikdash, into the temple courtyard with shoes. So there was room to think that if this uh, thing that the person, these supports of the person, they're made out of leather, might be regarded as the shoes of the person, maybe he wouldn't be allowed to go into the temple with this. So the Mishnah says, no. Regarding to, to that, Nihnasim Ben Lazara, he's yes permitted to go with this to the temple, and they are not considered legally a proper shoe. Okay? Then the one more thing of the Mishnah. Kise ve samrochelo. Now, if uh, we are, we're not dealing with a third type of a crippled person, somebody that he does have legs, but nevertheless, what happened is his lower legs has some, some of a problem, he cannot really use them. So this is more of a problem because this person, at least the previous one, because he has nothing under the knees and below, he can use the knees as a support to, to put his weight on top of them. But the person that has the proper legs, but they are crippled, so he, can, he, he cannot go like that. Therefore, he needs some sort of a chair, and on that chair, he also supports himself, and he moves around. So, either this chair, or if he has some supports, like the previous example, that he uses to be able to move on. So, also to main address, because he's putting all his weight on them, are susceptible to become Tame Medres, and the end you see by Embeshabes. But a person is not permitted to go out with his leg supports on Shabbos because we are scared they, they might end up falling down. And if they end up falling down, he might come to carry them on Rosh Sarabim. So it's only Midrabanan. Venignasim Baim Beazara, and a person is not permitted to go with this into the Temple Mountain. Um, with these supports, because since he wears them in, in the foot, so they are more considered a like shoes, and therefore he cannot. The, the chair is for sure permitted to go into the base of Mikdash. And finally, there's something called luk, lukit, Lukitmin. So the Gemara is going to bring three explanations. One, luk, Lukitmin means rush uh, the article brings over here one of them is a mask speaking about wearing masks or putting masks since a mask is neither an ornament and is neither clothing and we're going to see the other two explanations in the gemora first of all theorin they are not susceptible to become tame and second of all angel simbayen you cannot go out on shabbos wearing them because it will be like carrying a, a burden so going back to the beginning of the Mishnah, the Gemara wants to know who, 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 whose opinion is what. We're going to see this back and forth. Who is the matir? Who permits going? For We're going to the person that is missing only one leg, and he's using this extension leg of wood to hide the fact that he's missing a leg. So we in the Mishnah, the way we have it, Rabbi Meir said, is permitted for him to go like that on Shabbos, and Rabbi Yossi said is prohibited. So Amale Rabele Rab Nachman. Rabbi Asgav Nachman. Echitran. So how do you do the Mishnah? Meaning to say, is, is the way like that that Rabbi Meir permits and Rabbi Yossi forbids? Or is the other way around? And Rab Nachman said, Omar Lelo, I really don't know. 
And then he asks a second question. Okay, so you don't know who says what. What is the lacha lemaise? And again he said, I really don't know how is the lacha. Itmar, it was also stated, Shmuel, Shmuel said, Ein akitea, this person, that is somebody is an amputee, kitea means he's missing a limb, this amputee one, so according to Shmuel, Ein akitea, eh, ah, so this is the proper way of reading the Mishnah. That he thought the amputee might not go with his wooden foot, so this is the first opinion which is Ravi Meir. So in our Mishnah says Akitea. Look in our Mishnah, we last in the previous page. But our Mishnah says Akitea Yotsebe Kavshelo. Divei Ravi Meir. So what Shmuel does, he adds the word Ein at the very beginning of the Mishnah in order to say that according to Rabbi Meir, it's, he's not permitted. So this is Shmuel's initial opinion how to learn the Mishnah. Ravuna, and the same thing Ravuna, he learns Eina Kitea, that the Mishnah starts with the amputee might not go out like this on Shabbos, and this has the words of Rabbi Meir, and Rabbi Yosef would say he is permitted. Okay, Omar Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef says, oh, if this is the way Shmuel is learning, that according to Rabbi Meir is forbidden, and also Ravuna and also Ravuna learns that Rabbi Meir is the one that forbids, is prohibited. So says Rabbi Yosef. So let's uh, already assume that that is the proper reading of the Mishnah, that Rabbi Meir is the one that is asur, and Rabbi Yosef said is permitted. Maskevla, Rabbi Barashira. But Rabbi Barashira has a kasha to Rabbi Yosef. said, Veloshmiya Leo, haven't you heard the following teaching? Ademasni le Ravchanan Barraba. That Ravchanan Barraba said to Ravchiavar Rab, Kameh de Rab, de Rab, Bekituna de Berab. So the Gemara brings a whole list who said what and what it happened. So he said, did Rabbi Yosef and his students, did not they hear the incident in which Rav Hanabarabha taught our Mishnah to Hiabarab before Rav in the small chamber of Rav's academy? And he said, Einakitea. Actually, he did learn it like Shmuel and Ravuna, adding the word Ein, that the Kitea is not permitted to go out. This is Rabbi Meir's opinion. Einakitea Yotzeh with his stick, the bed of Meir. And there was Rabbi Yossi Matir, and the Rabbi Yossi is the one that would permit. And then when he told Ra- Rab that, so look in the in the footnote that Rab was busy davening. Rab was saying the Shema Israel, and he couldn't speak. So because of that, he made a sign. I don't know exactly how to make a sign. The opposite. You tell me how in South Africa you make a sign. Say no, the other way around. Tell me which sign you would use with your hand. So that's what the Gemara says. Machvile Rav Ipuch. Whereupon Rav signaled to him, no, it's the other way around, the reverse. That Rabbi Meir is the way we have it, is the one that is Matir, and Rabbi Yas is the one that is Oyser. So that's what this Rav Avarashire told Rav Yosef. How can you learn like that when Rav explicitly said it's not like that. Rabbi Meir is the one that permits, and Rabbi Yossi is the one that says it's forbidden. Omer Rav Nachman Yitzhak, Rav Nachman Yitzhak said, if you want to remember who said what, let me give you a way to remember. And by the way, we tried this, we stopped doing it for Shabbos, I don't know why, you should go back. I used to try to choose a word in every daf to remember the daf. So the Siman says, Samech, Samech. So look in the footnotes, that the word Yossi has the letter Samech. Meir doesn't have a letter Samech. And the word Asur also have the letter Samech. So the siman to remember who holds what is Samech Samech. Rabbi Yossi Oiser. So this is a way to remember how Rav learns the Mishnah. Rabbi Meir is Akitea, yes, the one, the amputee goes out like that, and Rabbi Yossi is Oiser. Says the Gemara Shmuel Adarbe. So 
even Shmuel that initially thought the other way around, he changed his mind. There's none, because we find in the Mishnah that says like this, that a lady that came to do Halitza. So we're talking with a widow that she was supposed to get married to the brother-in-law. Her husband died without having any children, but she doesn't want to get married to her brother-in-law, so she does Halitza. Halitza is by taking the shoe, taking out the shoe of this brother-in-law and throwing it to him and spitting at him. So I don't know if you ever saw it, somebody told me he saw Halitza and it's a very interesting, the whole way, the shoe and the whole ceremony. But according to the Mishnah, says the Mishnah, if the lady did the Halitza through these different uh, ways. One, that the sandal, the shoe that she took out of the Yava, means the brother-in-law, it wasn't really his. wasn't his property. And I think, again, to nowadays the basin is the one that provides the shoe to be sure that it has an alachic uh, status of a shoe to fulfill the mitzvah of Halitza. Or, continues the Mishnah, besandal shel eitz, or if she did the Halitza using a shoe of wood, or shall smoil be yomin, or if for some reason the, the Yavams uh, f- took the left one that was in the right foot of the Yavam, so nevertheless, Halitza kshera, the Halitza is valid. So we see from here, it was from a shoe out of wood. Veambrinan, mantana, who is this opinion? that a wooden shoe, a wooden sandal is considered a shoe because the way we're following, we're following Rashi's Pshad, the way Ashkel is bringing it also, that the Machloikes is between the one he says permitted, the one he says not permitted, whether you consider this wo- wooden uh, stick as uh, the extension of the missing leg, is that has the alachic uh, status of a shoe or not? So this Mishnah says that a shoe of wood is considered a shoe. And therefore the Chalitza is a valid Chalitza. So the Gemara asked, who is the Tana, who is the author of that Mishnah? And the Gemara says, Amar Shmuel, Rabbi Meir, it's Rabbi Meir, the Snan, because it says in the Mishnah, Aketia Shelo, and Shmuel brought as a proof that has to be Rabbi Meir or Mishnah that Ravi May permits this amputee to go out with this wooden foot. So we see that Ravi May says that it's okay, and Ravi Yossi also. And Ravi Yossi is the one that says that it is forbidden. So we see that Shmuel himself also changed his um, opinion. Okay? And now the Gemara is going to bring that also Ravuna changed his way of teaching. Also, Rabuna retracted his opinion. The Tanya, because he's been told in a Braisa, Sandal Shel Sayodin. So, this is people that would sell uh, uh, plaster. So, they would wear, and again, the article brings Rashi's opinion. There's many ways in the Rishonim how to learn what is this. Rashi learns, excuse me, Rashi learns is some sort of shoe made out of straw. And this was like a protective shoe that that people that would sell plasters, they would put it on top of the regular shoes for the plaster not to burn, not to um, destroy, to ruin their proper shoes. The way I understand it was like a second double layer of a type of a shoe made out out of straw. So says the Braisa, so this type of sandals, two things. First of all, is tame medres, so it's susceptible to become tame medres. Why? Because he leans on the shoe all his weight. So it, 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 it's something he's leaning on it is is can be tame medres. Is 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 a shoe. And also the Brisa says that a shoe made out of this, out of, out of a straw, is regarded as a shoe 
for a lady to make chalitza with it. Okay? And then regarding Shabbos, it says also, Ve'yotzimbo b'Shabbos. A person may also go out wearing this on Shabbos. Who is this? Divrei Ravekhi ve'loduloi. We're going to see soon who are the sages and why didn't they uh, agree with Ravekiva. But we see from this that according to Ravekiva, this is regarded like a shoe. And you cannot go out on Shabbos with it. Ve'atnan, the Gemara says, but hold on, there's a Mishnah that seems to contradict this Braisa. According to this Braisa, Chachamin lo odulo. They didn't agree to Rabbi Kiva, but in a different Mishnah it says the Oidulo that indeed yes agree to Rabbi Kiva. And let's go back to Ravuna. Anama Ravuna Sasarabudaman Oduloi, who were the ones that do agree in that Mishnah with Rabbi Kiva? It's Rabbi Meir. And who man lo odulo? And who are the ones that disagree? With Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Yoisi. So we see from here clearly that according to Ravuna, that he's the one that explained the seeming contradiction between the mission and the Braisa, Rabbi Meir holds like Rabbi Kiva that a shoe made out of straw is regarded as a shoe, and a person can go out wearing it on Shabbos. And according to Rabbi Yossi, no. So he also learned the Mishnah that our opinion that a, a person going out with a would foot is Rabbi Meir. Now very interesting they bring down here in the bottom of the footnote number 23 we learn in Brachos if, if you remember there were three opinions we learn in Brachos what was the etzadas? What was the fruit or what was the tree that Adam Rishon ate? So according to Rabbi Yuda, it was wheat. So straw is made uh, is, is comes out from the wheat, and according to Rabiuda was the etzadas. So we see is regarded as a tree. So therefore, straw is considered wood, and that's why uh, we connect the two mishnas, and we say that that's how Rabbi Mary holds. Okay, let's continue. Omar Rabbi Mina. Man lo odulo. There's another opinion besides Rabbi Yossi that disagreed with Rabbi Kiva, was also Rabbi Yochanan Benuri. Why? There's none. There's another Mishnah that says, Machatzeres Akash, Veshwaferes Akash. So this is either a straw mat to sit on it or a straw tube, meaning to say like a basket. Okay? So according Rabbi Kiva Metame, so again, again Rabbi Kiva Leshitasoy, following his own opinion, he said these items are susceptible to become Tame. Rabbi Benuri Metaer, but Rabbi Benuri holds that they are not susceptible to Tuma. Why? Because they are made out of straw, and according to, to Rabbi Benuri, these materials are not susceptible to become tummy. And according to Rabbi Akiva, they are yes made out of wood. He considers again straw, and this is again Rashi's way of learning the Gemara. And wood, when it's made into a vessel, is susceptible to become tummy. Okay, let's continue next page. Omar Mar. So, Sorry about the Gemara wants to go back and understand what we saw in regarding this uh, person that sells a uh, plaster. So the, in the Braisa, the, we saw previously that Rabbi Kiva said, Sandal shel Sayadin Tame Midras. A plaster, a plaster seller's sandal that is made out of um, straw. Is susceptible to become Tome. Tame's Medras. Says the Gemara, said, but one second, this is not made to work. Rather, this is just made out of protection. So, something out of protection 
shouldn't be susceptible to Tumas Medres. We saw a few pages ago, remember the whole sugya of somebody taking a, a, barrel, a be- barrel and turning it upside down and sitting on it that is not susceptible to become tame because it's not made, Tumas Medres, because it's not made for to be a chair. So also, if something is not made to be a shoe, it shouldn't be susceptible to Tumas Medres. So the Gemara answers, Amar Ule. So he says, Lo, yes, Sheken Asayad Metayelbo This person that sells uh, plaster, even after he finishes working, he continues walking home with these uh, shoes all the way to his house. So we see, in a way, they are still regarded as shoes. And that's why they are Mechabal Tuma. Okay, so we ended the first part understanding the Mishnah. The Gemara moves on to the next part of the Mishnah. So say the Mishnah, Im Yesh Babais Kibul Ketitin, it has like the, it's made in a way that you, you can put inside of it like a rug or like a little cushion. So then it's susceptible to become tummy. So the Gemara brings a machlokis amoraim over here. Omar Avayim says the Gemara, which tuma that thing on the wooden foot is susceptible to? Tame tumas mes. It's susceptible only for mes, the ain't tame medras, but not for medras. Because we don't regard again that the crippled person puts his weight on that. It's just to this guy, this guy's <coughs> the missing leg. <coughs> so therefore, if he's not leaning on that, it shouldn't be mechabel to mas Now, when Abaye said to mas which means the impurity for a corpse, is not only limiting to a corpse. He, it means any other tumas. Is is definitely a vessel, as long as you can put inside of it like a rug or a, co- a cushion, but it's not Tumas Medres, which is would become Avatuma by Medres. But Robert disagree, and Robert says, Robert Amar Avtame Medres. No, because sometimes this person does lean all his weight on top of that foot of wood, is regarded like a shoe. And therefore, can be also mechabel Thomas Medres. Omar Rob Minaminola. Rob is going to be approved to his point. This now we find in the Mishnah, a gala shell cotton, Tmeamidras. So this child's wagon is either a wagon that they use for, for playing with the chi- children or a prom. So says the Mishnah, a gala shell cotton, Tmeamidras. So we see that because anything that you use for somebody to lean its weight over there becomes susceptible to Tumas Medres. So says Rabbi, what is the difference between a pram for a baby and this wooden foot? So just like over there is susceptible to Tuma, the same thing over here should be susceptible to be Mechabal Tuma. Rabbi Omar, Abayi says, no, there's no comparison. Asam, some in the case of the child's wagon over there in the pram, <laughs> for sure it's made to support the, the baby upon it. But over here, it's not for that. Aha, Reisa In the case of the wooden foot, the crippled person does not support himself totally upon that foot of wood, and therefore is not Mechabel Tumas Medres. Amar Now Abai is going to be approved to his point. That Tanya, you find in a brisa, makel shall skenim, tormiklum. If you have a stick that an older person used for walking, is not susceptible for any type of tumor. Okay, so why? Because he doesn't really uses the stick, the staff, to hold his weight. It's only to help him to walk in a proper position, like a little bit of an aid. But says Abaye. You see, because he doesn't completely lean on it, and also doesn't have any uh, kibble, a base kibble, 
So it's just like a stick out of wood, has no no way to become to, to be in, uh, considered a vessel, so it's not susceptible to become tummy. So Bayi compares this to the foot. But Rabe says, awesome, in the case of that walking stick, is not similar to our case. Why? Says, Etaruzzi sugya avida. Over there, he doesn't use, again, as we explained that stick, to completely help his weight. Only to help, Etaruzzi uh, sugya uh, means to straighten one's steps. So therefore, it's not really to put all his weight on it. That's why it's not din of madras. But But when it comes here to the case of the um, crippled person, he definitely sometimes supports all of his weight on this wooden leg, and therefore it is susceptible to too much madras. Okay. Now, um, the, the, the Gemara brings the next part of the Mishnah, the one that is missing, the, the one that is the third case of the Mishnah, somebody that has legs, but the lower part of the legs, they are uh, not working properly, and therefore, whatever he uses to be able to move on, is Tmei Medres, is susceptible for Medres because he leans on it. And says the Mishnah, Ben Yitzim Ben Shabbos, a person cannot go out without on Shabbos, Ben Yitzim Ben Leazara, and a person may not enter the temple with them. So the Gemara brings a Braisa that seems to contradict this. Tani Tana there was a teacher, an Amora, teacher of Braisas, that brings a Braisa that contradicts the Mishnah. So the Braisa says, Nichnasim Ben Leazara that this person can, yes, go into the base of Mikdash with that. So, Amale Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan said, how can you say such a thing? There's another brisa that teaches that uh, sister, um, the widow can do chalitza to the brother-in-law if he has such type of a leg support, because he's considered the shoe of the brother-in-law. Again, if the brother-in-law had that type of problem, and he's wearing that type of support, they consider their shoes, and the lady can take them out and do halitz on that, the sister-in-law. And you are telling me that there's a bride that says that you can go without to the base of Mikdash, so Zerabi Yochanan to this person that used to teach Braises, Tani, change it to En Nichnasim Ben Lazara. No, you, you switch what the Braises really teaches. The Braises teaches you are not allowed to enter to the Beis Amigdash with this. And therefore, that Braises that you knew by heart, it's also in the same line as our Mishnah. And just to end up the Mishnah, Lukitmin Teora. So this Lukitmin. Now the Gemara is going to explain. It's not a vessel. It's not a garment. It's not susceptible to become tame, and a person cannot go out on Shabbos with them. My Lukitmin. What is this thing? So Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi says, Hamra de Akpa. So this is very funny. Why I'm saying it's funny? I've seen this today, either in South Africa, probably I saw it in Mexico. This is a wooden donkey that they carry upon the shoulders of clowns. So according to looking at the fullness to Rashi, they have some strings and they put the strings in their shoulders and through the strings they hold it down and they are holding uh, a made up uh, um, donkey of wood. And this part of the, of the custom of the, of the clown, how he makes fun of things. So because it is not a garment, uh, a person shouldn't wear this on Shabbos. And also because neither a garment, neither a vessel, in Mechabal Tumah. Papa says, what is this? Is Kishere. So what is this? Stilt. 
that people use to work in muddy, area, muddy areas. And again, this is not considered a proper vessel. That's why enemy cable tumor. And uh, also, people shouldn't go out on Shabbos. Let me remember why not to go on Shabbos. Probably it's, it's, it's the, the same one of the previous one. Uh, uh, he said, for why these stilts may not work on Shabbos is the previous note. Yeah, because it's neither uh, a utensil, it's not a garment, it's not an ornament, so it's considered like a burden. Yeah, it's a burden. It's a burden. That's why you cannot go out with Shabbos. And the third opinion is the one that's called in the Mishnah. Rabbi Baruni said, it's like masks. They used to frighten children. And uh, again, it's not a vessel, it's not an ornament. You cannot wear it on Shabbos and you cannot, and it's not susceptible for tumor. Okay. A new Mishnah. So uh, the Mishnah says, Abanim, Yertim, Bekshorim, young boys might go out on Shabbos with knots. The Gemara is going to explain now in length what are these knots, and it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be a very interesting. You are we're on for a nice, interesting Gemara, this side of the page. And the second thing, Ubnei uh, Melachim, Bezugin, princes with ornamental golden bells. And says the Gemara, Adam, and actually not only a princess, but Adam. Any person can go out with these special golden bells. And just like in the Mishnah we saw yesterday, speaking about ladies from Arabia or ladies from, from media. So same thing over here. The sages spoke in regard to the prevalent custom that only uh, wealthy people like princes or wealthy people would go out with wearing golden bells. But uh, to this side of the page is going to focus only the very beginning of the Mishnah regarding these um, knots of the children. So Mike Sharim, what is these knots that the Mishnah said they can go out? So Amaravada, Mari, Amarav Nachmar Baruch, Amarav Ashi, Bar Avin, Amarav Yuda. Okay, so all those names. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> I went all the way to the top of the page. Kishure Pua. So these are knots of the of the mother plant. So this some sort some sort of plant that uh, they were hung around their neck and this would give some type of healing to the little boys. Now, Amar Abaye, Abaye wants to clarify this. Amaliem, my mother told me, look in the footnotes, we spoke about it previously, it wasn't Abaye's real biological mother, because Abaye's mother passed away when he was born, but he was, this was the lady that nursed Abaye and took her as his, his stepmother. So we're going to see today many teachings of her. So she, Abai said, she told me these knots of mother, Tlasa Mukmi, if this uh, knot, if he goes out with only three knots, so that would contain his illness. Now, Hamisha, if he would have five knots, then Maso, he would become healed. And Shiva, and if they, they have seven knots, so it's even good against witchcraft. Now, Rav Yaakov said, but for these knots of this wood to be effective, you need the following conditions. So first of all, 
that these nodes of a mother uh, wood, so first of all, cannot be exposed nor to sunlight nor to moonlight. Velo chazimitra, also they shouldn't be exposed to rain. Velo shmialeu kol barzela, and also they are not exposed to the sound of metal clanging, clanking. Vekal vekolta regolta, and also to the sound of a rooster. Vekal nigre, and also to the sound of the footsteps. <laughs> so it's not easy for these knots to be effective. To the point, the Amaranagmaritzak, if that is the case, nafal pusa bevira. So this remedy of the mother knots has fallen into the pit, meaning to say, went down the drain, because it's impossible to have all these conditions. Now, so this is regarding these knots, but the Gemara is going to challenge that, okay, it could be that, that, that that's the story with those knots, but the Mishnah for sure is not speaking about that. Why? Says the Gemara, if that is the case of the Mishnah, first of all, Mairi Abanim. Why the Mishnah is speaking about boys? What about girls? Okay? Afilun Banos Nami. The Mishnah should say both girls and boys shouldn't go out like that on Shabbos. And second question, Meiriachtanim. Why the Mishnah is speaking about only young kids? Afilun Dolin Nami. If you're talking about not that give a remedy for people or protect them against witchcraft, witchcraft, <coughs> also elder people need that. So says the Gemara, obviously the Mishnah is not speaking about that. Rather, Elamai Ksharim, rather, what is this not, not that we're referring to the Mishnah? So, by the way, remember this name, because this explanation of the Mishnah is coming by him, we're going to see many teachings now, also by him, but not related to the Mishnah anymore. So again, Rab, uh, uh, again, Avin Baruchuna, in the name of Rahama Barguria, explained the Mishnah in the following way. Ben, Sheyesh Logagoin Halaviv, a son that yearns too much of his father. So over here in the, in the plain explanation of the Gemara, they're going to explain to us that the father is going for a long trip. But in the footnotes they add, according to some opinions, Maybe the father just passed away, or he's about to pass away. Anyway, this is a little boy, and also in the footnotes explain that boys are more attached to their fathers than girls. And that's why the Mishnah limits this ether only to a boy, or this situation. So again, a boy that is very attached to his father, and the father is about to go on a long trip, or, is, or died, or he's about to die. So then what the father does, and also the different opinions and the following words. Not all the tuaminal shelyamin. So in the brackets, they explain that it's the father that takes the strap from his own right shoe. But in the footnotes, they explain the many rishonim that learn who is shoe, is a boy's shoe. Okay, we're going to follow the simple text. The father takes the strap from his own right shoe. And he puts a knot into the boy's left arm. And with this, somehow helps for the boy to alleviate his sadness. And for you to remember in which arm of the boy you put it is tefillin. So just like tefillin go in the left arm, also this should go in the left arm. And the Gemara explains why. Because if you do the opposite, you put the strap of the left shoe into the right arm of the boy, that can be a sakana, sakanta. That could be a danger because it will cause an excessive yearning and maybe even the, the boy can go into, into depression. Okay, so that is the pshat on the Mishnah. That is what the Mishnah means that a boy can go out on Shabbos with the strap of his father's right shoe tied into his left arm. Now we're going to see very 
a lot of teachings, uh, theoropathic teachings that you can do on Shabbos brought by uh, Avin. Amar Avin bar une, Amar Abhama bar guri. Sahufei kasa atibure beshapsa shaper dami. So you can take a cup that had hot liquid on it and you poured out the hot liquid but now the cup is empty but it's very hot so you can take that and you can um, invert and you can take that cup and to put that cup on top of a navel of a person on Shabbos and this house sucks into it the intestines and gives refuah to the person so we're going to see many of these examples that even though you are usually you cannot do anything for healing on Shabbos nevertheless there's many reasons why in each one of these examples you're allowed because doesn't resemble making medicines that is the main zera a person may end up crushing herbs to make medicines which is mamisha melacha so this doesn't resemble that and also we're talking in a case of a more of a sakana so that's why all this is permitted also because somebody that uh, has the illness of the intestines is a very severe illness all those are reasons to be more lenient another thing you can do amaravima barune amaravhama barguriye mutalasuch shemen umelach beshavis this is going to be a very interesting gemora so a person is permitted to smear a mixture of oil and salt on Shabbos on, we're going to see in the next page on somebody's hands and sole of his feet if this person became intoxicated, mean became drunk so we're going to see soon what would be the case this would happen in the case of Ravuna when we would come from the house of Rab we're talking when Ravuna was a young student and when he would go to the house of Rab he would get drunk we're going to see soon why and the same would happen to Rab when he would go mibay Rabi, Rabi Chia when Rab went to the house of his uncle Rabi Chia he also would be, become drunk and the same thing Rabi Chia when he would go to the house of Rabi Udenasi mibay Rabi ki abu mibasmi if they were intoxicated, had too much wine, so they would maisi. We're going to speak in a minute why they would get drunk over there. Maisi mishcha umilcha. Then the the rabbis, the teacher, would bring this mixture of oil and salt. The shayfileo, the gavasa, the didayu, the gavasa, ah, the gavasa de yadayu, the gavasa de harayu. So they would smear this combination of oil and salt in their hands and in their soles of their feet and they will say the following uh, incantation just as this oil is thinning out because of the warmth of this person's body also should the wine that caused this person to be drunk and intoxicated and they would mention the name of the person the son of the mother Chia uh, Bar, uh, I remember the, na- the name, the Gemara in Psachim brings the name of Rabbi Chia's mother. Okay? And become thin and therefore shouldn't have any more power to in- intoxicate this person. Veilo, but if there's no oil with salt available, says the Gemara, Maishishia Dedana. Again, he can bring a clay seal of a barrel, soak it in water, and say the following incantation. Just as the clay of this seal is thinning because of the water, so also the, the wine that is causing this intoxication of this person, and the name of the person, the son of the, of the, the mother's person, become thin and impotent so look in the footnotes that um, number 16 that it was the, the the common practice of teachers to give wine to young scholars 
to enable them to comprehend the depths of the Torah. There's a very interesting story in Sanhedrin that Rabbi Danasi had Rabbi Hia and Rabbi Hia's two sons with him. And Rabbi saw that they were very quiet. So Rabbi said, give them some wine for, for the Torah to come out. So they, they got, as we say over here, drunk with wine. And, and the Gemara explains over there why. Because the word yain in Hebrew, you know this, is the same gematria of the word soid, which is 70. And over there the Gemara says, nichnas yain the sod. So by then getting drunk, when they were full of Torah, so then wine goes in and the secret comes out. Okay, another teaching. Yamara Amar Avin Baruna Amar Avchama Barguri. Sorry, Mutar Lechanek Beshabes. This is also some sort of remedy, <laughs> remedy that is permissible to strangle somebody on Shabbos. Okay, so look in the footnotes. There's different explanations that if, if, a, if a person needs some some sort of of a chiropractic chiropractor. In, in the neck, if the neck next bone of the person move, one of the vertebras went out of place, so you can slip it by 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 uh, how you say by strangulating the person, and again all this is permitted for the reasons reasons I mentioned before. Yamar avin bar una amar avchamavar gurie lepufei yenuka beshab so shaper dami. It's all right for one to wrap an infant on the Shabbos, in order to stra tra straighten his bone, its bones. Look in the footnote, we're dealing with an, uh, uh, a, a boy, a baby, boy or girl, uh, was in the process of being born, going out of the mother's womb. Sometimes any of the limbs goes out of place. So they would take some sort of a blanket, some sort of material, and wrap the infant by to strengthen its bones so because it's something very painful for the baby, it's permitted to do it. And not only at the time of birth, even uh, as long as any baby needs to do that, you can do it on Shabbos. Now, just a technical thing the Gemara is going to add. Rapapa Masni Banim. So we're going to see that th th there are two teachings. These teachings and the teaching of the Mishnah. And both, both are speaking about children, boys. So according to one opinion, which is Rapapa, both of these teachings were made by Avin Baruna, and that's why he would say Banim, that these rulings of Avin Baruna were uh, taught regarding children in plural, these two, two, two teachings, but Rav Zbid had a different Mesoira. According to Rav Zbid, one was yes by Avin Baruna, the other one was by Rabba Barbarhana. So he would only say Ben, in singular. So the Gemara explains what I just told you. Rapapa masni banim betarvayu masni leo beavin bar una. So he would say regarding the, the, the teaching of the notes of the Mishnah for melancholy and this one wrapping the baby, both he would teach in the name of Avin Baruna. But Rav Zvid would say no. He would say only Ben because the first one, Kamai Samasni Vyabin Baruna, the one of the knot of the Mishnah, that yes was the name of Avin Baruna. But the one of the baby wrapping the infant, that was by Rabbi Barachan in the name of Rabbi Yohanan. So that's why he only would say Ben. Okay. The Amar Rabba Barhana, because I thought it was the name of Rabbi Yochanan, it was on his own name of Rabba Barhana. The Amar Rabba Barhana, Lepufe Yenuka Beshabsa Shapirdami. So it is okay to wrap an infant on the Shabbos in order to straighten his bones. Okay. Now another teaching. Amar Abaye, Amar Liem. According to Abaye, his mother taught him the following. Call minyanei beshmadeima. So all incantations that you need to make on a person 
like we saw previously and we're going to see even more now always when you do the therapeutic practice and then you need to say some words referring to the person so Abaye's stepmother taught him always use the name of the person then the mother's person and actually that's how we daven for refua we always mention the person and his mother's name all incantations are recited with the name of the sufferer's mother behol kitre besmala and all the knots that you need to do for the incantations should be in the left arms <clears throat> this is going back to the mishnah another thing that Abaye's stepmother taught him. Call minyanei de mefashi ke de mefashi. Anytime you need to make any incantations. So if the number of the incantations, which means the repetitions, how many times you have to do it, are stated, so do it the way they are being stated. Okay? But the law, and if they are not stated, okay? And if they are not stated, so then zimni. So then you should do it 41 times. Okay? So again, if you learn an incantation and you have to do it three, five, seven times, do it at times. If you don't know how many, do it 41 times. Tanurabanan, it was taught in Abraisa, Yotin Beeven Tekuma Beshabis. A woman can go out on Shabbos with a preserving stone. So look in the footnote number 24 that different opinions. What is this? Some say that it's a hollow chunk of gravel that contains a second stone inside of it, like the clapper of a bell, but it wasn't made by somebody. It happened to be like that. Some say it's a ruby, some say it's a diamond. So these are stones that women carry with them not to be, not to miscarriage, not have a miscarriage. So all these stones, let's go to the next page. So because it's guarding the lady not to miscarry, so they are not viewed as a burden on Shabbos, and therefore a woman can go out on Shabbos carrying them. The Braisa continues, Mishum Amru, in the name of Rami Meir, the Adel, Ab Bemishkal Even Tekuma. They can even go out, not only with the original stone that we spoke, but if you take in a balance to the other side to weigh how much this one weighs, so the other side you can also carry, somehow it transmits, I understand, transmits or carries the same segula, the same advantage of the original one of the other side of the scale. So a woman may even go out with a counterweight of a preserving stone on Shabbos because that also would help for her not to miscarry. And Veloshipila. And then each one of these is permitted not only if she already miscarried previously, miscarried previously, Elashematapil, but even before just she's suspecting she might, she might miscarry, she can go out with this as a prevention. And also, Veloce Ibra, not only is permitted when she's already pregnant, even before she knows that she is pregnant, in a case when the lady knows that she has either her family or even herself has been miscarrying a lot, even before she knows she's pregnant, She's permitted to go out on Shabbos with such a stone or the counterpart of the stone. Omar Rav Yemar Bashlami Mishmed Abaye. So Rav Yemar Bashlami the name of Abaye said, Though they haven't very But this only true that the counterweight of a preserving stone is permitted <clears throat> if the item is used as a counterweight was exactly the equivalent in weight to the stone that was weighed. Otherwise, it wouldn't be helpful, wouldn't be effective, and it's considered a burden, and wouldn't be able to take it out on Shabbos. Now, Boya Abaye. Abaye wants to know this counterweight of this preserving stone. Let's call it a cliché. 
And the second vessel that has the segula that can help for a lady. Can this second one make a third one, a klishlishi? Mishkal de Mishkal Mai. What is the laha of a counterweight? Of the counterweight. Is it all of, a, of, of a preserving stone? Is it also effective to prevent a miscarriage or not? The says, take we really don't know. Another incantation. The Amaravaye, Avaye said, Amaliem, again another teaching of Avai's stepmother. If a person has constantly daily uh, fevers, okay? If somebody has daily fevers, Shmuel, you were telling us in your story when you were a young man, you had disease. I don't know if this was one of them. Maybe it would be helpful for you to know all these different incantations. But listen to this. If a person has daily fevers, so this is a way to prevent it. So So a person should take a white zuz. Zuz was a certain coin of those days. White means a clean one, a new silver coin of the value of a zuz. And he should go to, to the sea when they make, when the water of the sea comes into the shore and then they, how do you call it, salinizing plant, like a plant where they make salt over there. That the water, the water of the sea comes in and then they block it and the water evaporates and you create sea, sea salt. He should go over there and then he must tie the salt, I think it's like a chunk of salt, with the same weight. Ah, the liskul maskala milsa, he should weigh this coin, this silver zoos, to get the weight of salt that weighs that amount. And then he must tie the salt by the neck opening on of his shirt with a strand of hair. And this will take care of the fever. Isn't that a good thing? Now the only problem, my dear Shmuel, we need to know how much is a zoos nowadays. But good news, very low. And Avayi would say in the name of his stepmother, let's say none of this is available. So he has a different way to cure it. Least of Aparashas Drohim, he must sit at the crossroads. The Chihazi Shumshemana. And he sees a, little, a large uh, ant. Okay? Gamla de Dori Midi. Gamla de Dori Midi. A large ant carrying something. So Lishkele. He must take the ant, We had a similar idea at the beginning of Brachos to take um, a copper tube. In Brachos wasn't copper, but was a metal tube. Over here has to be copper tube. <coughs> and place the ant into the copper tube. And then he must close the tube with lead. Gushpanki, and he should seal it with 60 different types of seals. Now in the footnote they say it's not exactly 60, it would be too much. It's just like an exaggeration. But use many seals at the top of the, of the tube of copper to seal it. Use clay, wax, whatever you can, which means seal it properly. Okay? Publish for the for the fever not to be able to escape. And then, Belebrazule, he must shake the tube, the lidre, velemale. And then you should carry it and follow to the ant the following. Taunach alai, betaunai alach. Your burden is upon me, and my burden is upon you. You swap. <laughs> and with this, the fever goes to the poor ant. Says the Gemoro, Amale Rab Achavre, 
the Ravun the Leravashim. He said, Hold on, this is dangerous. Why? Dilma inishashkache veiv sagbe. How do you know that maybe a previous person found this very same ant and he used it for the incantation? And after the incantation, he put back the ant in its place, the ant's place, and already this ant is carrying the fever of somebody else. So when you do this incantation, you're going to take the fever of somebody else into you. So there's a Gemara, you're right. Rather, we're going to change what you have to say. So you say the following to the ant. <laughs> My burden and your burden should stay with you. Everything should stay with the ant. And again, if he doesn't have the salt and he doesn't have the copper tube with the ant. So there's the following uh, technique. He must take a small new earthenware vessel. Some hole might be better a copper vessel. Yeah. The laser Lenara, you should go to the river, Male, and you should say the following incantation Nara Nara, river, river, Uspan Kuza de Maya, Leorja de Iklali. Lend me a vessel full of water to heal the routine, which means my daily illness that has come upon me. Viliadar Shabazimne al Reshe, then he must circle like we do the capores, the vessel full of water seven times around his head, and then he should toss the water behind him back to the river, and say to the river, Nara, Nara, river, river, take back the water that you gave to me, the orja, the iklali, for the routine that has come upon me, it came upon me in, one, it's in, it, in its day, and it has now let me in its day. And thus, the, the slugs his illness to the river. Shkoyach, my dear Shmuel.